immediately. Hurry now. The child dropped the bedsheets. She looked uncertainly from Nurse Hunter to Grace to little Phoebe, whose arms were still piled high with folded cloth. Go, Nurse Hunter commanded. As Hannah bolted down the centre hall, little Phoebe screamed to Grace, One, Grace! One away fast! The burly man pointed to Grace and called, That be her. Before Grace could get her wits about her, the men were upon her. The tall, burly man held her firmly in his grasp, and the bushy one bound her wrists with a rope. It's all a mistake, Grace protested. I never stole anything. Without bothering to respond, the men shoved her towards the door. Phoebe shrieked, and Nurse Hunter scolded, but the men paid no mind. They hustled Grace out into the rain towards a waiting carriage with doors that bore the golden letters W.L., the unmistakable monogram of Witherham Larkspur, Lord Reginald's estate. Here now, Nurse Cunningham panted as she ran up behind Hannah. What is the meaning of this? When she saw Grace in the grip of the two ruffians, she ordered, Loosen our servant this instant, I insist. Nurse Cunningham might as well have been speaking to the trees. We are a charitable house for orphans, sirs, she exclaimed. Have you no concern for the welfare of poor children? The burly man shoved Grace through the open carriage door and hefted himself in beside her. The bushy-faced man scurried up after them, settled himself across from Grace and the large man, and yanked the door shut. Not one word was spoken. Not one word was needed. The driver whipped the horse. The carriage jerked forward and rattled onto the cobblestone street. Grace tugged herself around in time to see the two women and a clutch of children staring after her. Wide-eyed, they huddled together in the driving rain. I am no thief, Grace said. Save it for the magistrate, the burly man told her. Is him what will hear you, plea? Grace started to object, but the bushy-faced man glared hard at her and growled through his moustache in such a terrifying way that she closed her mouth and sank back in miserable silence. A year of schemes and plans. A year of saving every shilling of her pay from the foundling hospital. Months of gathering bits and pieces of men's clothes. When may I go back to the foundling hospital? Grace ventured. The burly man barked a sharp guffaw. (laughs) The foundling hospital, is it then? Be there a graveyard out back? One with a poor hole, perchance? Tis the only way you'll be seeing the likes of that place again. Should have said your goodbyes afore the door closed on this carriage, said the small man with the bushy face. His stony voice unnerved Grace. You won't be seeing them children again, not in this life. Grace shivered in her drenched dress and sank further into the seat. Each clomp, clomp, clomp of the horse's hooves was like a hammer driving a spike of despair deeper into her heart. Why now, after all this time? Surely, with his powerful connections, Lord Reginald Witherham could have found her at any time during the year she'd worked at the foundling hospital— Why now, just when everything was almost ready?
For the past year, at the end of every exhausting day, Grace took off her only dress, laid it over the single chair in her room, and slipped into the loose cotton garment Nurse Hunter had given her for sleep. She lay down on her cot, and in the darkness carefully traced Cabetto's face in her mind. She recalled its every curve, the laughing tilt of his mouth, the broad shape of his nose, the spark of assurance in his eyes. When her husband was firmly fixed in her memory, she whispered again the promise she had called out to him on that awful day in Africa. I will see you again, I promise. Cabetto in chains, Cabetto forced onto the slave ship, Cabetto the slave. Oh, but Cabetto in America, waiting for her. Unless...